Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Well, hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's been a while. It has been a while. We were on summer vacation, just like like the kids. Nice, long, extended COVID vacation, you might say. We've been on a break, but we had some downtime, and we wanted to do a little summer catch-up with everybody and see how everyone is doing. But first, I have to start with you. Hey, Kevin. How old is your child now? Oh, Crawford Dwight Thomas is, he was born, that's my dad's middle name. Crawford Dwight Schrute Thomas. That's right. (laughs) He's uh, he's two years and, let's see, June, July, August, September. Two years and two months old, two and a half months old. He's he's starting to talk. He loves music. He uh, has opinions about things. Um, He enjoys golf and he loves musical theater, especially the musical Six. He still enjoys the old Six cast recording. uh, no, but uh, I just, uh, he's, he's, yeah, he's getting, he's growing up, Rob. It's crazy. It's absolutely oh, yeah, insane. He's, a, he's absolutely adorable. So oh, I know you. that you've had your hands filled with, with that little beautiful man. It's been a busy time. It's been a busy time. It's been a busy time. Uh, but we decided that uh, this summer has been quite an eventful summer, to say the least, not only just for you and I and all the stuff that we get to do, but also in the theater community. It has been a wild, rambunctious ride with so, <laughs> so much good news, so many twists and turns, things I would never have seen on my Broadway bingo card in a million years. Uh, Twitter was aflame the last couple of weeks, Rob. I've never been a part of so many Twitter scandals that were I, just going on and on. You know, I will be honest with you. I never use Twitter. I never uh, use I know. Twitter. It's just one of those things that I'm just not that familiar with. And I, I have seen so much negativity about our business over the past few weeks on Twitter that I went on yesterday and I wrote a simple little question. Viral. 
viral. You I went didn't viral, Rob. I was, I was you literally, went. I was literally. I was laughing so hard. I said, "This man never goes on Twitter. He never does it." And then he says one simple little question to spark some positivity. And yeah. what happens? People lost their minds. It was all, amazing. All I wrote was tell them. Tell them. All I wrote was, all right, MT fans, name a song that the first time you heard it, you said, this is why I love musicals. And I was expecting you to respond. I was expecting Robbie Rizel to respond and Kevin Daly to say something from 1600. (laughs) And I went away from my phone. And the next thing I know, it's like blown up, which means I think that, you know, it is so hard, I think, in this particular time that we are living in, especially when we've all been like trapped lab animals for two years, not to go just a little bit off the deep end. Um, and so I think when something occurs, there's just all this venom and negativity. And I totally understand, you know, you can never please everybody all of the time. I absolutely get that. And I'm also not saying that the negative, not the negativity, but the commentary and discussions are not snarkiness sometimes yes yes but it's like blood in the water and there's a there's this joy that comes along with you know tearing people down and tearing the industry down and so my feeling was can we put a little bit of positivity out there Mm. so that was my i i was an innocuous question and i think a lot of people responded to it hopefully to bring us all back to the joy of musical theater which is something that uh, we'll be talking about today as we do a little summer recap with everything that has been going on. This is not a place for negativity. This is a place for pa- we've always story. we've always said that, and I could not agree more with you. I'm I'm so I was so overjoyed when you posted that. It's funny because I I wrote a t- I, I did a tweet. I heard I you know I I will write little quips and things and I comment on people's thing. But my mom, I was with my mom the other, you know, my mom was visiting this weekend and, uh, you know, for uh, Thursday through today. Uh, and she told me offhandedly how she saw a chorus line. It was her first Broadway show, original cast, 1976. And I was so flabbergasted by that because I thought how I'm 41 and my mom never told me that. So I just, I just typed that into a little tweet, you know, like you did, you know, and I thought nothing of it. I, this is the only tweet in my life that's ever gotten, it's got like 220, not that it matters, but like, 220 people were like loving it and i thought how how why and i can't understand why except i do think it has to do with celebrating the positivity yeah. of it yeah. so i'm so i'm so happy and so with you on that it's, rob and as of now, uh, and i think yeah go for it I was gonna say yeah, what? now it has 568 like 155 <laughs> quote tweets and 19 retweets but also <laughs> i mean like i said i had no i was like i don't even know who any of these people are but it's been so wonderful and just it's so cool to see you know the wide wide range of songs that tastes people, and loves and like the people's you know the, oh, the reasons yeah. why people love stuff and i i love that too exactly and it's also yeah. cool because people are also sharing their stories like this woman named uh betsy king hansen says uh uh Parents loved grew. My parents loved MT, so they, she grew up listening to classics, or they grew up listening to mm. classics. Which mm-hmm. is not, and MT is part of my soul. Thanks, mom and dad. Mm. Isn't that sweet? Yeah, yeah. So it I mean, that's why it, we do it. So I had no idea. I just literally thought it was going to be you, Kevin, Robbie Rizal, and uh, Jack Fertel. God bless him. Jack Fertel gave a shout out to a family affair. I, listen, I do Twitter a lot, and uh, let me tell you that. 
he's constantly talking about a family affair. He loves it uh, with Ben Dreyer. It's always oh, uh, really? who knew that family affair was such a such a, a big uh, favorite. And I love and it. For that. I just posted a new <clears throat> question because you know. Keep the momentum. Now you're in it. Now you're in it. Now you're a Twitter person. All right, MT fans, name an Act One closer that yeah. made you think, don't stop now. I have to see how this turns out. And I've gotten one response from the wonderful John Moss, and his response was, <laughs> his response was, back in showbiz again from Bring Back Birdie because no one could have possibly followed what had previously happened over all that laughter. So a little stark with the happiness. I like it. I like oh, it. Of course, I'm here for that. Of course. Oh, so anyway, so that's wonderful. Anyway, so, but I think that's one of the things that we're looking to do is to bring more positivity. So today, I'd love to share some positive things with you if you're willing to share some positive things with me. I'm but here for that. The first thing I'd love to talk about is you know we have been so starved from seeing theater for such a long time. Yeah. Um, I got to see my first like show show professional show show in New York a few days ago. In Brooklyn, at the Brooklyn Navy Yards, uh, from a group called the Bridge Production Group. Are you familiar with them? No, I mean I am because I did research when I found this show out, and I thought, how did I not know this show was going on, and who are these people doing this? Of course, I will say it, it was so nice. First of all, to be reintro- to be reintroduced to be introduced to a brand new theater company, and the theater company has such passion about what they are presenting. And it looks like versatility of what they're presenting, because based on the research that I did, and if I'm wrong, please correct me, this is the first musical that they are doing. So bless Mm -hmm. them for coming back with the musical. And they overtook this outdoor space at the Brooklyn Navy Yards, and it was literally a balcony. It was literally, you know, like when you walk upstairs outside to go into an office building? Yeah. That's where they decided to do title of show. And. Now you don't need much with title of show, really. You know that's no, the beauty of now, it. I, I'm and and I want you know it was directed by their artistic director, who also starred in the show, a gentleman by the name of Max Hunter. Um, and one of the things I found so interesting. Now you and I, I think, might be on. Oh God, don't kill me. Opposite sides of the fence when it comes to title of show. I have long been a fan of Title of Show. I used to watch the Title of Show show. Listeners, do you remember this? The web series that Hunter and Jeff did, with, of course, with Heidi uh, uh, and Susan. Um, and it was like the early days of the World Wide Web. I can't believe I just said that. But it was, it was like an early YouTube series. I don't even know if it was. It was probably on YouTube. But it was, it was, a, it was a series in the aughts that was uh, about them talking about the show and all that. Yeah, Rob, I love Title of Show. It's, uh, I, I, uh, I'm a big fan. But uh, tell me, where are you a big fan of this before you saw the show uh, for this production? I'm going to give you full disclosure. I have seen this show many, many times. I have oh. never, I, I did not see it on Broadway. I did not see the original production, so I can't talk to that. Um, I have found when I have seen previous productions of Title of Show, there seems to be a very large emphasis on the campiness and the comedy and the show geekery of it. And then by the time you get to the end of the show, when everyone's uh, heart is breaking and we're now talking about artistic compromise, you kind of get confused because you go that you've, you've shifted the tone on me mm-hmm. so drastically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm only talking about previous productions that I have seen, that I have seen mm-hmm. in the show. But I would love to applaud this, uh, this group on 
is it was the first time that I actually felt invested in these characters. And I will say, because there's such an emphasis on this production in the... Um, in, in how the friendship dynamics and the creativity is challenged when artistic compromise is made. You lose some of the comedy early on, but I don't mind losing some of that comedy for the greater emotional payoff by the end. Overall, um, a, a really lovely way of going back into the theater outdoors. Um, and it had like a ragtag quality to the show that normally is not seen because normally the show mm. the show should feel ragtag. And usually when you see it, it comes off very polished. This was literally done outside on a platform. The show did start 20 minutes late. Um, so it, it, it took us a while to get into the show because our butts were a little tired. But once we got into it, it was a really lovely production. And I can't wait to see if the bridge production group is going to tackle any other musicals in their in their wow. in their gestation so congrats yeah. to them there was a woman who played susan in title of show her name is jennifer apple she was absolutely marvelous she is one oh. of the funniest comic actresses i have ever seen and i think she has such a big career ahead of her well, but it's wonderful jennifer apple was just brilliant in title of show sorry i want question to- uh not that it, you know we can edit this out but it, it was it a, a, is it a, were they equity actors was it a professional oh, yeah, type, no, it's uh, all, piece? all equity production yeah. Uh, forgive me, uh, forgive me, members of the company, because I, I just didn't, honestly didn't know. But I, I, all, yeah. in all equity production. Yep. Good. Wonderful. So, uh, yeah. Wonderful. I just, I just, um, God bless them. Let's talk about Cape Cod. I was going to ask you, but I can't get a word in. Yeah. <laughs> how, how was the show? Tell us about it. Oh boy. So, folks, I think we've talked about this a few times before. If you live in the West Falmouth, Massachusetts area, please, over the summer, you need to check out the College Light Opera Company that has been around now for 50 plus years. They do nine shows in 10 weeks. Um, the students are always, I mean, the actors are always working. It's incredible. Um, and I was very, very lucky to be the first show to rehearse in their new $4 million rehearsal facility. How'd they get that? That's, a, that's, that's incredible. Once again, they live on Cape Cod. So, ah, there it is. There you go. But folks, what I really love about this particular theater company, when it's not in non-COVID times, because of COVID times, they have to adjust a little bit. These shows are always done with the original orchestrations. They're done with casts of 32, orchestras of 24 to 28, mm-hmm. and there's no amplification whatsoever. So you feel like you're going back into an old school. Remind us the shows that you've done in the past, please, Rob, with the full orchestrations. How to Succeed in Business Without mm-hmm. Really Trying. Wonderful town. Bye Bye Birdie. And because of COVID, they could only have three uh, band members this time around. And we did Jerome Kern's Very Good Eddie, which was such an absolute delight of a show, a show that I it was a princess musical. I had no familiarity with it going into it. In fact, I said mm-hmm. yes to direct it before I even read it. Mm-hmm. I was like, let's have a challenge. We love a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a joyous experience. And these kids, God bless them, they understood this style so specific kind of comedy, isn't it? Perfect. Boy, oh, that's like oh so God. period, so of that era. I mean, the twenties was like, you know, I am vaudeville I, almost. Vaudeville, it really was. I mean, that was it was shtick. You know, I will say this: I'm always so nervous about going in working with young people on a period piece mm-hmm. because I always go in and think they're never going to understand this. Like, how do I explain to them right, right. who the Marx Brothers were? Or how do I explain to them? you know, what a screwball comedy was like. And I don't know who's teaching these kids, but you're doing a great job because all mm. of my kids understood style brilliantly. 
So Mazel Tov to them. If, yeah, but if you ever get a chance, they're talking about their next season, and there's oh. a rumor they might do No No Nanette. And if they do, oh. and I don't direct it, I'll need you to come up and help me burn the theater. How could they not? You basically pay to do it. You, you told me on this, bro, you, you've told I, us listeners that you would do it for nothing. That it was, It's one of those shows that you would drop everything to do. So I would how hand them could they checkbook. not use you? I would hand them my checkbook. There's three little items I would love to share with you of previous guests were involved with that I think are probably on your list, Rob. Um, well, uh, first of all, I, we, where we were supposed to be tonight uh, was at Leroy Reem's concert. Uh, happy birthday, Leroy, because it happy is his birthday, birthday I believe. Uh, and and that is Mr. Old Showbiz himself. Unfortunately, we were not able to be there. But but the other the other celebration, yet a little sadness, is Mickey Grant, because we had tried so oh. hard to get her. Uh, I was actually going to make her my favorite thing, and then I realized uh, she already was um, a year ago. Um, and 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 if you if you have if you want to listen to a great album, go, uh, go on YouTube and listen to Don't Bother Me, I Can't Cope. It is so wonderful. It is so good. Listen to Working. But Mickey Grant, oh man, we almost got her. We tried so hard. There was conversations back and forth. I will cherish my uh, meeting her at the end of Working last year, or two years, last year, Kevin, my God, two years ago. Um, but I was really, I was really saddened to see that, um, that she had left us because that is a, a real, a real legacy. There is, like you said, I'm so happy you said that. Yes, there is a legacy there. And I think unfortunately, because she was overshadowed by so many other composers of that era, that we don't celebrate her for all the great stuff that she was able to create and all the great stuff she was able to contribute. We don't really talk about her when you're learning about the history of musical theater in college. And I feel like that is such a huge deficiency. Garbage. Garbage. It's absolute garbage, Rob. It makes me actually angry. Um, I, I think that if if there was a white male composer who wrote the stuff that she did, they would have been cast recordings of every single show. Oh, God, this yeah. is the first female who wrote the book music lyrics to all these shows. They are good. They are solid. And the fact that you you don't have a, a, a mainstream cast recording I, I, from the sixties and seventies is disgusting. And I think it makes it is just. It, it, it is sad to me that we don't, and so, and I'm glad that what we little we have exists. But oh man, she but, was she went out and with uh, yeah, yeah yeah, and a brilliant performer in her own right because oh she my god, sing from the Cradle Will Rock. That's right, I love that recording. So and there's some YouTube clips of that as well. I, like mm-hmm. like Kevin was saying, we we made phone contact with her, um, and unfortunately, she just was not up to, to, to doing an interview with us. Uh, but thank God we got to meet her. We got to get a compliment from her when we did working at 15 mm-hmm. below. So yes, I'm happy that you mentioned her. And I think we should all listen to some Mickey Grant music um, this week. What a, what about uh, speaking of other uh, you know legends that we've? I mean, I feel like when I watched the PBS documentary Beyond the Golden Age, uh, Rob, I, even though all the interviews are about fifteen years old, it felt like every single person on there was someone who we had talked to, including the great late Rick uh, McKay, uh. Um, who was the producer and the interviewer. And if you listeners, if you would like to a little insight on what he went through in order to create this documentary, he, we lost him a couple years ago. You know, unexpectedly, I think. In Unexpected. Uh, way unexpected. And he had plans for a part two and three. Now, posthumously, you know, his friends and producers and uh, folks uh, like Jane Klein uh, got together and, and, and put this together and very much the same style, maybe not exactly how he would have done it, but in the same sort of um, tone as the first um, Golden Age uh, documentary that we loved so much that it was the reason why we interviewed him. But um, I thought that 
I, the, the minute it came out, Rob, that night I watched and I texted you and all that, but it, it, it's just beautiful, a great celebration of this theater uh, going on, this riff of, of, of elevating the art form and loving the art form. It is a, just a pure celebration of that. Um, and it was nice to see Michelle Peacock since we'll never hear her interview. <laughs> Kevin! Kevin! Kevin's got some shade today to throw. Uh, let me ask you a question, Kevin, because I have not seen this documentary yet. And I remember the first one had such an effect on me. And meeting Rick was, an, I think, an honor of both of our lives. Especially yeah, yeah. And I think he was one of the first guests to equate the what he was doing with what we were doing and that i think was a very shared passion yeah definitely uh, definitely for for those of us who have not seen this documentary yet on pbs can you tell me is there something that really stood out to you either an interview or one of the set pieces uh, that made you go oh wow i didn't know that that's and, may, and maybe not because i hear it's a very overwhelming experience well, it went a lot of directions. Like there was, a, there, you know, the the chorus line stuff we knew. I mean, because we've we've talked to so many of those people. I'm, I'm I was sort of tongue in cheek with with I don't know if you know we can talk about um, uh, Peacock, but uh, but like you know that information, you know, like that world we 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 heard about that. But um, it was for me more, Rob. It was to see a lot of people that aren't with us anymore, and to see them talk about things and i'm always fascinated when i hear stories that you and i have heard from the people that we've interviewed but then i hear the same story from another set of uh, another point of view so i guess that was more to me what was interesting was like uh, the more you invest in learning the history of what we do because you and i i would i hope i can say that we're both kind of historians and like when you hear those histories spoken again in another point of view, I, I'm, 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 I love that. And so I love getting more context and like sort of filling in the black and white picture a little bit more color. So I couldn't tell you a specific incident in that. Um, and I'll watch it again because I was just I was just overwhelmed by it, to be honest. I was just loving every single I second that. of it. I mean, it's like a Rashomon, you know, like it's, we know there's one event yes. and then you hear it from nine. How do you see it? How do yeah. you see? It? Yes, exactly. Well, I will um, see what I want to see. <laughs> I see what I want to see. Yeah. The Rashomon of musicals. That was the original title of uh, See What I Want to See, actually. The Rashomon of musicals? No, it was. No, no, R. Shaman. Oh. Like, that was oh, what, really? the original title when I think I played Williamston. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was before it was See What I Want because it was all about that they're parallel, right? Like you see what you want to see. That's what that movie yeah. was about. So that was, and one of the segments is Arshman. That's why it's that Japanese sort of flavored, um, the, the, the Mark Kudish Idina Menzel storyline that. That, that does the beginning where you each see their point of view. If you guys, if any Michael John accuses the fans are out there, you are with me on this conversation, but 95% of you have no idea what I'm talking about, but you know, Michael John, for the 5%. No, see what I want to see. Yeah. 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 Oh, no, it was Arshman now before it came. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Speaking of listening to things, what? <laughs> what are you laughing? That, tra- that transition. Hey, speaking of breathing, oh, damn it! I was just going to so, say. Hey, <laughs> hey, speaking of theater, you know, <laughs> we haven't done this in a while. My segues. I know, I know. I love it. I love your segues. I love you're so good at segues. Go, as go, go, they, go. As they as they used to be. Um, <laughs> you had a favorite thing a while back, and I. I have fallen in love with this favorite thing over the past few months. And so now I'm just here to validate the brilliant thing that you <sighs> said earlier, if that's okay. Please bring it. What was it? I know it wasn't a wild party. Well, 
Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> we... <laughs> Uh, a student at Penn State's doing that for their thesis, and I was like, oh. <laughs> that fun. You Go. Know, when I talk about that show, the more I talk about it, and I'm like, I can't find a way into it, the more I talk about it, I think I find ways into it. <laughs> that makes sense? Yes, of course. That's Michael John Lucusa for you. What is that? Yep. What's the thing like from Six Degrees of Separation where he's talking about Sidney Poitier making cats and in all the re- he realizes all the reasons why and as he's listing all the reasons why he can't make a movie of cats, he's realizing all the reasons why you can make a movie of cats. Of course, John Guare never saw the wonderful cats movie that got debuted. Ooh, uh, epic. So that would have been a, a different conversation. Uh, Sounds of Broadway. So- I love you for that, Rob, because it's my daily listen, and I'm glad you're giving a shout-out right now. I really am. I, I really am. I, uh, for the past couple of months, one of the reasons why we haven't been around this summer is I've been working on a couple of projects out in Los Angeles, which means there's a lot of driving time in Los Angeles, which means I have to listen to something. And I decided on one of the commutes, I'll listen to Sounds of Broadway, as per Mr. Thomas's suggestion. Kevin, do you want to tell everyone what Sounds of Broadway is before I start? As a thing, I love you. As a reminder, you guys, uh, Sounds of Broadway, um, it's very rare and kind of really special. Stu Brown, um, uh, you know, in his basement in, I think, Connecticut, uh, is a passion project. Stu is just loves show tunes so much. Uh, and by day, he's, he, you know, he's has, has a good living. Uh, but by night and by late night, he, he does uh, a radio station, an internet radio station. And so at any time of the day, you can, I can't say the word Alexa because then it'll go off, but you can yes, tell yes. your smart device or your anything you there's even an app there's literally an app called sounds of broadway and what it is 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 just a radio station that does shuffle of shows but you guys it's not just like the same carousel cast recording you've heard a thousand times the other day <laughs> he did a song from Doonesbury, the musical. It was like one long night, and I thought, "Oh my god, I cannot believe that you're doing Doonesbury." It's the most rare stuff. But then he'll do themes, and he'll do. You're going to talk about that in a minute, Rob. But but it's 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 an app uh, and, and a radio station that you can just. It's where if you don't know what to listen to, because I often feel this way, because I think I get overwhelmed because there's so many cast recordings to listen to, and you don't have that much time. I just want someone to pick it for me. Well. Stu picks it for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And it's like a radio show where he'll, after 10 songs, he'll be like, and that, that was Kwamina, blah, 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 blah. And he'll like, he'll give you the little, like, just like a radio program would. And it's just special. Okay. Thank you, Rob. Go. No, I'm going to tell you here, folks, like this is, I'm recently. Do the playlist for right now. Recently, yeah. recently played. Being Alive from Company. Great. What a guy. The Goodbye Girl. Lovers on Christmas Eve from I Love My Wife. Over Here from Over Here. The Nervous Set. Weekend Shopping. <gasps> I love Nervous Set. Greenwich Village, USA. Times Are Hard for Dreamers from Amelie. Rex, Away From You. The Happy Time. Unprodigal Daughter from um, Jagged Little Pill. Uh, so he... I mean, it, that is a hodgepodge if I ever heard one, I'm Rob. That's incredible. I mean, we all love Ben Platt, but you will not hear Waving Through a Window every hour on the hour. Nope. I mean, this, and it, and there's so many songs where I'll be driving and going, what is this from? Me too. I, I, I'm sorry, my son's crying, but uh, uh, me too. Um, I, I will, I will listen. I often listen in the morning because I want Crawford, to, speaking of the son, he, I, I want him to hear, you know, other, you know, fun stuff. So I'll put it on Alexa and, uh, and I, I like every other song, and I think, I don't want to toot our own horns, but I think you and I know a lot of show tunes. I think okay. I'm. You know, I, I like, sh- I play a lot of them. I play the piano. 
I don't. I, was, I would say one out of five songs I go on, I have to like open up the app and be like, what is this? Like, how have I never heard of this? Like Cindy, you know, I forgot that those songs were on there, you know, and or what did he play? The, the What's the one with the duck? Scrambled, scrambled. Uh, yes. He played something from that with Jim Walton. Uh, I mean, who knew? Yeah. yeah so I mean, it, and he's also converted a lot of vinyl stuff. That's what I mean. Exactly. The, the the stuff like Doonesbury is not on CD. You can only listen to that on vinyl. Like that's there's a lot of and recently he's been in a cry for us all phase because that's that's been playing a lot <laughs> on there. And you go, where else would you get this? Where else would you get this? <laughs> pretty Bell. He played some Pretty Bell the other day. I love that. Yeah, play Pretty Bell. Maybe maybe when they revive Pretty Bell, they can get Benny Beanie Feldstein to be in that. See, <laughs> let's talk about Beanie Feldstein. <laughs> Brilliant, yeah. brilliant casting. Absolutely yeah, brilliant like casting. People are so pipes. brilliant. I mean, I don't know if she's got the pipes, but brilliant. I mean, brilliant casting. Because I, I, I went on a Barbara Streisand kick recently because I uh, I saw this interview that she did with Zane Lowe. Uh, to, she she released a, a Release Me Too, so the, another album of songs that were in like the the vault, as it were. So yeah. in other words, she wanted to make more money and then release some songs. And their songs. I listened to the album. I don't know. They're fine. But but the interview that she did with Zane, I think Z-A-N-E Lowe. He's from, I think, Australia or New Zealand. Forgive me. Um, but it was one of the most in-depth interviews I've ever seen, Rob, of, of her. And she described her process. She described, like, what it was like to, you know, when, when she did had a, 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 a funny girl and when she did all that. But she talked about how... It was all about – it wasn't about the singing for her. It was about the acting. She really wanted to tell the story. She always wanted to be an actress. But she also knew that she could sing, so she would use that and, like, throw it out there. But then I listened to Funny Girl the other day. It's an insanely difficult part to sing. So I don't ha- – ha- does Beanie sing? Does she sing that like like that? Do you know? Obviously she must because they – She must. I don't think they I would – I can't play. wait. They obvious, I, I would assume so. I don't. I mean, I remember I can't wait. Dolly, but I don't remember if she sang anything in Dolly. I know, but this brilliant, multi-billion-dollar production. I am sure that they said, "Hey, can you?" Brilliant casting, <laughs> brilliant heard? idea. She's the it. She's so on it, and I'm so glad that in the midst of her career, that she's decided to spend, you know, almost a year. Um, doing a Broadway show, yeah. you know, when you could be making, cause she just came out with another movie and she's doing lots of stuff. And I, I just think you're not Hugh Jackman. Who's like sort of getting over the hill a little bit when it comes to the action hero. So why not play Harold Hill? Like Beanie, thank you. Thank you for gracing Broadway with your talent and with your gifts because we need it and we love it. And I'm, funny girl deserves you. No, I'm so excited to see her do it. It's not a choice that I would have thought about it in a million years. And I'm so happy that that's the way they're going with it. So And no matter what, I'm just excited to see Funny Girl come back to Broadway. It's uh, listening to it again with a new set of ears. It was like just really listening to it. It's brilliant. And Bob Merrill, man, some of those lyrics are really incredible. I still stand by my statement I've been saying since the beginning that Julie Stein was really as good as the collaborators that he had with him, that they forced him to be better. Like, you know. I, I really believe that Julie Stein was kind of little from the, like late fifties to like the seventies, even the nineties. Like he was kind of all over the place a little bit, but when he had the right collaborator, it was, it was just 
solid, incredible, beautiful, specific work. People, the music that makes me dance. I mean, even the even and uh, the uh, the pastiche songs, you know, like Cornet Man, Rat Tat, like all these yeah. um, th- that are and you know me, I'm like so obsessed with the vaudeville era. You know, they had he had to kind of like emulate that, but also make it popular sounding for the '60s, which is like no small feat because you have to kind of like juggle both at this. You have to make it a Ziegfeld song and also. You know, make it a 1960s musical, and I thought it was exactly. very effective. And I, exactly. yeah, I, I, I'm excited. I hope they, I hope the orchestrations um, oh. are redone and held hold up to that style, that sound, because you know, you are. It's not a Barbara Streisand musical. It's it's a Fanny Bryce musical. So it, it has the sound still. I think has to be of the that that era. You know, and I'm excited to hear that era again on Broadway today. I, I miss that. And I think that'll be really fun to see what audiences think of it as well. Me too. I'm very excited to see. I'm, either way, I'm just excited to be introduced to it. And I will, I'll be honest with you, when they announced first it was going to be Lauren Ambrose and then Leah Michelle, both times I was like, oh, interesting. And this is one where I was like, I'm, I'm very excited to see where this one goes. So I am I'm looking forward to it. Definitely. Um, also, I think... Uh, and besides uh, Funny Girl coming out this way, we also, I think, have uh, – I don't know if you've oh, – in London, over in London, Cinderella opened. I know, with David Zippel uh, David and Angela Zippel. Weber. And it's yeah. getting great reviews. Angela Weber finally has a really, really, really solid, solid lyricist. That's It's exciting. It's really, you know – You didn't think uh, Tim Rice was solid? You didn't think T.S. Eliot was? Oh, he's solid in the bank and he's all that. But as far as, like, you know, really smart, inventive – lyrics i think old, david zippel is really special old possum's book of poems <laughs> Not what you man he's laughing all the way to the bank mr weber but hey. um but no they they postponed it but now it's it's it, and i hear i mean amazing i hear things it's great and i hear there's like, i mean um uh what it was it called like a coup de theater i don't know there's something magical who, who knew you could re i mean but of course the only person who could do that is the same person who did old opossum you know the yeah. cats musical like it, who can do do we need another cinderella probably not there's been a thousand different cinders in the world not not to forget sisterella the michael jackson produced musical that was a favorite thing a couple of years ago that i still love to listen to but we, no who knew that we would need another cinderella and yet it's it, it if it's good writing it's good writing and maybe laura osnes can be in that one stop um, it <laughs> right you're mad at me for my my peacock okay i didn't i didn't say anything i didn't say anything i'm just <laughs> talking about people working hey and if you can't Boy. Get- Ooh. If you can't get to New York or to, or to London to see a show, don't worry. There's a musical on your television screens called Schmigadoon. I have watched the first episode. I laughed all the way through it. The Easter eggs in it are so beautiful. I can't wait to watch more. I only watch all of it. Nope. I've only watched the first episode as well. Yeah. I have found it to be an absolute delight. It is a hoot and a half. I'm obsessed with Cecily Strong. A half hour episodic musical who knew we would be in 2021 when i was in high school where there was like the only thing we had was brandy and cinderella which was amazing thank you very much and whitney houston but like you had to have those kinds of stars in order to make a musical now it's everywhere and i'm so pleased that we have an episodic tv show on apple tv that's a musical not since cop rock folks not since cop rock (laughs) Um, They're going to talk about the PBS show. What's that PBS show with Patty LePone? Oh, and and, uh, and uh, what's his name? 
It's yeah. Ronnie Price and Walter Bobby and Patty. Lips. Yeah. It's like a Suds yeah. opera. Something people yeah. are yelling at me right now. I know, no, no. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's the Patty Lapone 30 minute musical that's on yeah. PBS from the 80s where she's the ghost of a washing machine. Yeah. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up because it's incredible. Um, so, okay, so you've seen Schmigadoon. I've loved Schmigadoon as well. And it's also so nice to see so many. Broadway actors getting exposure good on, on them. Good on them for, for bringing, you know, that's a, a testament to those producers that they said, you know what, we, because you know, what drives me crazy sometimes, Rob, is when you see a musical and they're like, well, let's, let's only use the Hollywood people, you know, even though, like, I feel like a quarter to half of the Hollywood people are all people who started on Broadway. But, but when you really bring in the people who do this for a living, it really shows, I think. Um, and uh, I think it's fun. I think I can't wait to watch the rest of it. Uh, and I'm glad to see that it being a mainstream, um, you know, a form of entertainment that we can see. Exactly, folks. So let us know. Hey, and if you are in town this week, Thursday, Kevin, are you doing something on Thursday? <laughs> I can't. How do you know this, Rob? Yeah, our good friend Todd Bonapane. Uh, I'm doing a, a cabaret. At, it's my first uh, performance, a professional performance uh, oh. at, at 54 uh, Feinstein's 54 Below. Uh, Todd Bonapane is doing a, a amazing, hysterical cabaret, a celebration of uh, the divas of Broadway and his his uh, relationship with them. And he's singing all songs that you know. Um, I wrote a couple um, medleys. Uh, some there's one mega diva medley that. I is, is really really something um and he is just so funny so if you're if you're not doing anything come up it's the late show so that's nine forty-five, folks on thursday this thursday uh and you're gonna laugh your butt off it's just it's really fun and he's he's a great performer we love this though yeah and I, I i think this this was a show from provincetown right he yes he was well yes and he was there that was the the provincetown you know um pandemic i mean like there was like craziness that happened but but fortunately we're gonna you know we're gonna get to see it here in new york city um and i just can't highly recommend it enough it's really fun i'm I'm excited Raindrops on roses and And Miller, I'm so glad you're here, darling. I was just donating on Patreon to those boys at Behind the Curtain. Oh, Jenny, I love that show. Did you hear Mary Testa? Oh, she's so cute in Oklahoma stirring up that corn bread. But I was in the back of the line, and all I got was corn water. Oh, dear. Well, at Patreon, there's no mess. You just set a monthly donation and give all you can. Well, I hope somebody gives to me so that I can go back to Broadway and see a show for 500 bucks. I hope they're giving away green stamps. You fascinate me. Remember, Patreon. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Actually, uh, you know, let me ask you a question, Mr. Thomas, because there's a pretty big seismic shift in the profession uh, since this summer has occurred. And that is that Actors' Equity, um, an organization of which you are a member, and of which I used to be a member, but I think maybe now I'll be a member again, um, has... And, you get a card, you get a card, you get a membership, has, you get a membership. doors yeah. to anybody that can prove that they have been paid for performing. Yeah. Which is very different from how I think it was when you joined the union 20 or so years ago. Would that be correct? Yeah. Oh, you are. Yes, it was actually the stress of every non-equity actor was how do I become an act, uh, an equity actor, even though I have understudied. I've been an intern at this summer stock theater. I've done X, Y. You know, you had to collect numbers of, you know, listeners, you know, when when you're non-equity, the only way to get an equity job is to go to an equity audition. But the only way to go to an equity audition is to be an equity member. So it's this weird catch 22. Yeah. And so, and so, and even my clients that I've coached over the years and stuff, it's always been like the biggest sort of like Mount Everest for them is like just being equity. And I remember in college that was, you know, there are some college programs. I think my alma mater is, is one of them, but they, they pride themselves of saying you'll be equity by the time you graduate. I'm not saying my program says that, but there is a sort of like, you know, you want to be equity as soon as possible for, for some people, for some people, um, even though there's a lot of there was a lot of non-equity work. Um, but now it's 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 completely different. Uh, and, and, and the circles and the hoops that you had to go through by, you know, you would have to work a certain number of weeks. I think it was like 40 weeks at a professional theater. So that meant you had to literally work for X number of weeks in this world. And then you could pay all the money to become. You know, I thought, Rob, what is it now? Well, it went from like fifty points. I thought it was fifty weeks. Like, wasn't it? Like, I think it was fifty. I don't remember because it was so long ago. But and I then they it, were, they then, upped it. Yeah, and then they they said, okay, you only need like twenty five points. Twenty five, mm-hmm. which was an influx of actors. This was right before COVID occurred, and now since COVID, they have said as long as you can prove that you've been compensated in some way, shape, or form for performing you're more than welcome to pay the initiation fee, which is $1,700, and join the union. So this has been a very controversial... It was controversial. So let me ask you this, because I'm so curious. People that are... First of all, are are you for this or are you not for this as a member of Actors' Equity? I'm not asking you as a representative of Actors' Equity. I'm saying as somebody who is a member, um, what are your thoughts on, on this? It's complicated. I think it's very complicated. I I, I don't think you can have a, a, status. A, it's complicated. A, a black. Yeah, I don't think it's like a, a real black and white kind of thing because, at the same time, it's, I want my union to be strong. I want my union to be able to stand for us. The, you know, if you're an actor in actors, actors' equity right now, you guys know this, but our union is not the strongest union in, of all the unions. Our union, we 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 joke about our union all the time, and and. Part of that problem is, is is the financials. Part of it is just the fact that you know actors can be replaced and all of those kinds of things. Um, so I, I want our union to to stay afloat, and I think that there is they lost a lot of money. Like they they there is not a lot there. How do you have a union when there's no acting jobs being had? So how do you how do you have any influx of money? Yeah. Um, at the same time, I coach a lot of people who are 
professionals in every sense of the word. And they are just one audition away from a big break, but they can't even get the audition because they're not a part of the union. And so I do think that they deserve to pay their dues and be a part of it. I know, (laughs) I hate to say this, I shouldn't say this, I know a lot of talentless, mm, no, not talentless, I know a lot of people who are perhaps uh, learning the talents still of the business who are paying members of equity before all this happened. They just, they got lucky and something happened, you know, and that's just the way it is. Um, uh, so yes, I think that I do believe that people that are working professionally, even if it was like two regional theater gigs where you were the understudy Louisa, uh, or the El Gallo, you, you should be able to pay and then go to those auditions because really all it is, is, you're just getting the opportunity to go to open calls. That's it's opportunity. It is merely opportunity for you to be able to go there. So I'm kind of like, sure. Is it going to make it more crowded? Sure. It already was crowded when, when they lowered it to 25, everyone was already talking about that. And there's, you're, there's an influx of people right now. And now with video submissions, you know, I can't tell you how many people that are, they're like, well, I put my, my video on YouTube and I can see the number of views and the casting director hasn't even looked at it yet. Well, that's showbiz. I'm sorry. Like that, that's just the part of it. But now you at least have a chance. And so I'm all about roll as many dice as you can and try to get the best odds as you can get. So, Marvel. So I guess the long story is yes. What do you think, Rob? As as a as a previously equity uh, member um, and a director who will hire equity people because you have your wonderful wonderful theater company that we have yet to talk about, um, okay. but that that Thank we need to. But like, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like the I oh god will the quality go down of auditions? No, I mean I think that it'll no. still be no, still be solid. You know, my, this is my feeling, and I really I. I think that if you if you believe in if you really want to be part of of a union and you can afford to pay your dues, I don't think there's any reason why you should not be a part of that union. I yes, you know the musicians' union. You, you just got to go in and give them money, and then you're in the musicians' union. Like that's, yeah. that's I, it. I. But I genuinely believe I genuinely believe that, and I it drives me crazy that so many actors for so long had to figure out, like you were saying, how do I get this? How do I get that? How do I get this? And also, I just want to say, going off of what you were saying, and this is not any shade towards Actors' Equity because I was a former member, and I will be rejoining now that I can rejoin without a problem. I'll be rejoining because I believe in unions. But I think there's a certain arrogance of you're not talented till there's an asterisk next to your name. And I, you know, and I, and I think that like you were saying, we know a lot of people who maybe are not the best storytellers that are in the union because they can juggle four balls and somebody was doing a production of carnival and needed that. Do you know what I mean? And there's also lots of of people who just can't get their foot in the door. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that by equity saying, no, listen, like just like every other freaking union in the world, you Mm want to be a part of us. You just pay your dues and you're more than welcomed. That's so right. I, I, I mean, I think there's a lot of people who are complaining, saying, oh, you know, it's a it's a money grab from equity or that, you know, the, 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 the reason that, so? they, <laughs> that they're doing this is, it, you know, they were they were cloaking it under the idea of diversity and inclusion. But it's really not. It's a money grab. I think at the end of the That's day, you have, you have to say to yourself, is this getting 
regardless of motivation, is it getting more people protected? And is it getting more people to be part of a union so there's strength in numbers of storytelling? And the answer on that is yes. It makes no difference if you're equity or non-equity when you walk into the audition room. I've all, I've always tried to tell students and co- you know our colleagues that, absolutely that if you're right for the part, they're going to give you the equity contract if you're not equity. So so everyone's equity now. So so now our union is going to be stronger, and now we're going to fight even harder. And the people who aren't going to work are still not going to work. Like absolutely. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know what to I mean, say I have... that. Like I I, I feel like that's change. the ugly truth, but it is. It doesn't change really that much because no. if, if you fight for it, if you really want it that bad, you're going to go for it. You're going to do everything you can to get in that room, and you're going to fight as hard as you can, and train as hard as you can, and not give up till you make it. So yeah, good. Now there's now some people are going to be one step closer, and now other people aren't going to be. They're going to spend some time doing it, think they can, and they won't. And then the union's still going to like carry on. So I, yeah, I, and, no, listen, uh, things go in cycles. So who knows? Fifteen years from now, equity might say, "Boy, it's really hard to control this influx of people. Um, you need to now work 50, and You know, we might go back to it at some point, but at least for now, it's bringing people in, and I think that's important. I give them credit for for for. I give them credit to be honest for 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 taking a risk. And equity has always been kind of like, well, okay, I guess we'll do this. You know, they've always been a little a little yeah. tentative about certain decisions. And I really give them credit for really going for something and being inclusive. And the, the influx of people is going to be a lot of let's young people a lot of people and who is the people that are really going to need some opportunities right now well the people that graduated college and then the pandemic shut literally shut our business to the ground so you know what yeah let's let's have a little more and this business has a tendency to weed people out so if there's an influx of people that join because they can and then as time goes on they realize they don't like acting anymore or they're not getting the work that they wanted they'll leave Fine. They'll leave, but I don't, think, I, don't, I don't think there's any reason to prohibit individuals from joining a union as long as they have the dues required, and the dues required in this case, it seems, is $1,700. So as long as you've got your $1,700, you can be protected because actors need to be protected more. It was bad before COVID, but now it's getting worse. You're exactly right. So I think as many people that can be protected, because if you're in a non-equity, and I, listen, I do a lot of non-equity theater, and I, and I love doing it, because like you, I do not see a difference between, uh, the asterisk to me means nothing, in terms terms of quality. So, which actually, I'm so happy that you mentioned my theater company, because, I mean, we put the new season up on the website, so what we haven't What is it? Well, we haven't made an official announcement yet, folks. Um, it's It's been on the website. So um, if you're interested, we're going to start with, in February, um, we open February 10th of 2022, and we will be starting with uh, a class act, which was mm. uh, the, the show that closed on opening night because of COVID. Um, so sad. So opening was supposed to be at 7 30. At 4 30, they said, hey, don't come in, but don't worry, it'll only be two weeks. And two years later, we're finally getting to do the show. So we're going to start with um, a class act, which I will say is just, I mean, it's, in my opinion, I think it's just a beautiful production. And I'm so proud. You're directing it, right, Rob? I'm directing it, yeah. Yeah. Um, And and it was written by our former guest, Lonnie Price, which is great. Um, And then our second show of the season will be a show that has not been done in New York in quite some time. Um, And it's just a, a chance to make every single person in New York laugh, I hope, and put a smile 
on their face, and that is the great 1980s musical, A Day in Hollywood, A Night in the Ukraine. A Day in Hollywood, A Night in the Ukraine. Tony winner? It didn't. It uh, it was no. It didn't win uh, best music. Didn't, didn't somebody win? I thought somebody won a Tony Award. I think won, or Priscilla Lopez yeah. won. Yeah, for mm-hmm. it. I think. Please forgive me. I should know that. Um, but former guest David Garrison was in it mm-hmm. and Groucho Mark. So uh, David, if you're listening, come back. Take your old role. Um, and so our second <laughs> show will be a day. Like George S. Irving. Yeah. <laughs> A Day in Hollywood, A Night in the Ukraine. And then the third show uh, I'm excited about because the third show is going to be a show that closed out of town, never came to uh, Broadway, has been in New York at the York Theater and, and a couple of other theaters, but I'm excited to dive into it. And that is Stephen Schwartz and Joe Stein's uh, The Baker's Wife. Amazing. Which features Amazing. the great song Meadowlark, as well as Proud Lady and other Where's the gorgeous. warmth? I mean, it's Here's gorgeous, gorgeous score. I mean, lush. You know, the fact that Stephen Schwartz did like Pippin, and then he did, you know, Godspell, Pippin, and then he was like, here you go. What? It's yeah. so smart and deep and mature. And, you know, and you can listen to Carol Demas's interview with us. She yes. talks to, she was the original before Patty came. <laughs> it was yeah. like, bye. But, um, but it's, it, there, it was fraught, you know, the, the, the out of town, you know, it, it was not without its troubles, but it, for, it, those of us who love the musical theater, we, it's, it's a, it's a, we love it. It's a cult favorite. It's definitely it a cult favorite. I'm so glad that you were able to do that, Rob. That is Thanks. just a so that, really solid so season. Not, thank you. And so, you know, and we're going to be announcing all of this, but also it's important to let people know that after every performance, there will be a talk back of some sort with either original cast members or current cast members. So every show will have an event associated with it. And ideally on our dark nights when we're not performing, which will be like, I think Mondays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, we're looking to do uh, lectures, programming, concerts, um, all in celebration of musical theater. So that's all it's on our website. So I don't feel like I'm, I'm telling tales out of school, but you know, we, all hope that you'll be able to join us for our, our second season, which we're calling it, you know, season two, year three, because we, it's been, it's been such a weird time for all of us. And we Um, need it. That's exactly the kind of, you know, material material we need right now is, is this, these, these kinds of shows, Rob. So yeah. And you know, and we're also at the same time on courses performing and, you know, kill two birds with one stone and their season is epically good. It's the tap dance kid, which I'm with Dulé Hill. Uh, oh, I love him. Um, and then they're doing The Life that Billy Porter is directing with former guest Chuck Cooper in it. And then they're going to do this all-star Into the Woods. Wild. Did you see Wild. that? Sarah Briellis, Christian Borel. I mean, Sarah come Hedley. on. Oh, come on. So, Get out of here. And I was going to buy know. season tickets, and I never thought to do that before. And I don't know, folks, because the York had their flooding. I don't know if they're doing Mufti. Um, at that time either so i'm I'm hoping they'll be able to figure out something i wonder how they're doing yeah i haven't even thought about that yeah come and see the great stuff that encores is doing and hopefully the great stuff that the spotlight uh, theater company and rob will you please give us the your website address please because i i I forgot it and so i think i need to uh, remind www.j2spotlightnyc.com that's www.j2spotlightnyc.com yes and two as in the number two Mm-hmm. Good. And I'll post it in the info description. A season tickets will go on sale in October. Then individual ticket sales will be in November. That is the game. Can't wait to get I, mine. 
I yeah. can't. I can't wait. And in the meantime, I have to do another shameless plug for myself if I'm more than welcome to do so. And you I will better our show. You always. I love um, when you brag. Starting September seventh, um, I am launching a new podcast. A podcast. That, um, is this the fourth one? Uh, third, third. Oh, okay. Oh, this is the producing one. Okay. It's, it's, it's number. It's number three. Trace. Um, I'm very excited, folks. Uh, it's not theater related, so that's that's a little different for me. But uh, please listen to my new podcast called "This Was a Thing," where my co-host yes. uh, Ray Hebel and I, who's uh, an actor I used to work with out in Los Angeles, um, he and I could not be more different than each other. He is a huge Lakers fan. And I think that's a basketball team. I was going to say that's a place to go when you want to go sun yourself and yes. hang out and listen to Sounds of Broadway. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, Stu Brown. Um, and it's a, a podcast that each week we will do a, a deep dive, a comic deep dive into the cultural happenings of yesteryear. There are original songs, there are original sketches, um, there's games. It should be a fun time, but please spread the word. Uh, we recorded all 52 episodes for the season, and I'm pretty proud of how it came out. So, how did this come about, Rob? Can I ask you? How did you? Uh, how did? How did? Uh, we didn't talk about this beforehand, folks. How did you? How did you guys come to? to how did you? Decide on this. How did how did it come to fruition? You know, it's, it's you know what's so interesting. It's sort of like you and I, which is like I we've talked about this many times on the podcast before. It will be quite often at two a.m. I'll get a text from Kevin being like, "Hey, have you seen this?" And it's right. really like Charles Nelson Riley selling soap, um, or I'll text Kevin and be like, "Hey, have you seen this?" And it's usually you know Trudy Rittman's grave or something, and so. <laughs> So, that's not far. That's true. It's actually, yeah. you know. Yeah. So my this this gentleman that I'm the uh, who's co-hosting with me. Um, I've known him for years and years and years and years. But our thing is not just theater. It's like pop really culture, pop culture, like weird fads and stuff like that. Like, hey, did you know that the fly, one of the flying Melinda brothers died, plunged to a building, <laughs> plunged off a building and died? And there's video of it. What really? And, and you then, give context to it, and you like talk about it, and you and you kind of, oh man, I'm going to subscribe to this. No, thank you. Insane. So, like, yeah. So, what's it's, it called again? It's called "This Was a Thing," and so what we do is edit it. I mean, we in the 52 episodes that we've recorded for the first year, there's only one theatrical thing. Can you guess what it is? Spider Man. Oh my God, you're so close, though. Um, it's so in that vein. You're so mm. close. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Carrie. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. no, I mean, we, I mean, and it's, it talks like for our first episode is the history of Jazzercise. Oh, my mom was obsessed with jazz. Exactly. Like how jazz, it, you know, but not how, anymore. No one does it anymore, but there were clubs. There were like full on clubs. Exactly. And how it came to be and how like women in fitness were looked at and why this woman, Judy Shepard, miss it. Um, who's, by the way, is now worth $2 billion. What? Yes, she's worth $2 billion from create. But. Yes, B. Buh, 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 buh. Still, but, still, too. That was like 30 yeah. years ago. Yes. Oh, my God. Um, okay, 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 okay. This so, was yeah. the thing. I cannot wait. Yeah, so anyway, so we so we covered Jazzercise. We covered like the 1919 World Series scandal. We cover um, the Brady Bunch Variety Hour. We cover the Davy Crockett craze. I mean, it's dance marathons if you're a Steel Pier fan. 
Me, uh, yes, I, uh, yes. That, oh. that that whole thing was like because I, I June Havoc's book that was a favorite thing. She oh, she was yeah, a yeah. she did one of those, and, and she in her book the whole books are chronicling her. Yeah. It was it wasn't just like a, a week long one. No, no, no. There were month long dance marathons where they literally danced for months, and they could only sleep for like what, like two hours a night or something like that. It was insane. yeah, but and at the but you had to sleep uh, standing up. Yes, while dancing. Yes. They would tie you to people. And what I found out, and this is on the podcast, what I found out that was really interesting was if you paid an extra nickel, they would let you sit over in the medic ward where you can walk them operate, like tending to people that got sick. That's right, because it was all about the audience, because the audience got to know yeah. the people. Can you imagine? Because it's like, you know, I watch golf, and so I get to know the players, you know, and you're like, oh, so-and-so, da, da. so you got you get so obsessed with them, and you got to see them in real life. Think of your town for months or weeks on end, and you're like, how is so-and-so going to do? Well, the husband fell down, you know? Yes. Yeah. Wow, Rob. So, so anyway, oh. so that's, that's the show, folks. So we hope oh, you can't wait. Um, Ray's a lovely guy. He's a, he's a joy to work with. Can't wait to um, meet him. That's great. So take a listen to that. And um, also, uh, Ke- Kevin and I were talking today. We were also talking about some favorite things that we've encountered um, since our last time we talked to one another. So I have one, and I know you have one. Who wants to It can be first? real quick, yeah. I, I, I can, I'm going to give you a real we'll quick one. Um, yeah, because I know we've 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 exercised your ears a lot, listeners, and we so thank you so much for this. So, just to be official, we're going to go throw a favorite thing out. So, my favorite thing is an Instagram account, and and I know that some of you may not have Instagram, but but I think you can still view it on the internet if you need to. Um, but this is an Instagram account that constantly amazes me, and I know Rob, you're going to agree with me. Um, I'm I I think <laughs> we know I, I'm pro- I have an LP collection. I've got. Uh, a lot of cast recordings. I, I collect them. It's a, a passion of mine. This account posts albums of a specific kind, and I will tell you that there are times that I'm like, "What? How have I never heard of this musical? And why have I never heard of it before?" And I'm like ashamed of it. And I always like, "Oh my god!" Like Jarrell, how did I not? How did I not know this? How did I not know about this show? So this is a friend of our podcasts. Um, a secondary account that he has on the Instagram. Uh, the Instagram. Uh, his name is Jarrell Henderson. He, if you uh, were with us a year ago when we did our trivia night, he was a, a guest host with us for trivia. Um, Jarrell is an amazing director, a wonderful human being. Um, and so this Instagram account is called Black underscore Theater. That's T R E underscore Vinyl underscore Archive. Black Theater Vinyl archive with underscores between each of those words so please go here it's a public public account you can always see it oh my god joel has like i'm gonna scroll and i'm gonna try to count how many uh, first of all joel <laughs> your record collection is sick it's stupid it is like yeah like you constantly post stuff and i'm like how did you even find like he posted the other day um so what joel does is he'll post the album and it's so beautifully curated he'll post the cover of the artwork you know the artwork and then the album itself i mean the, the record album and then when you scroll through the post he'll show all of like you know the the people of color who are on these albums and and who are special and most of them are some of them are like yes full-on like aussie and ruby and bread and roses a a, a piece that i had never even heard of this is aussie davis and ruby d uh, in an album um 
of, of, of their own, right? And so I'm like, what? How did I not know about this? And he posts the credits. He posts the songs on it. He posts some of the album work. Because what I love about LPs is that th- there's just amazing pictures that you just don't get anymore. Yes. Yeah. Especially hello we all do spotify or apple music and there's no album work there's none of it so you don't get any of it mickey grant died and he posted like all of the stuff so then now what he does is Jarrell is now posting record like he'll show his record player playing some of don't bother me i can't cope and so you get like a taste of it so listeners <laughs> please go to this instagram account and 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 just click on any of them, and 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 you will, see, your mind will be blown. Yes, you'll see like sweet charity, and you're like, oh, why is oh Thelma Oliver? Of course, yes. So we're celebrating. Then there'll be Kwame now, which is like you know with the Billy Taylor Orchestra, which is this great this great jazz rendition of Kwame from 1961. Because in those days, the albums, the Broadway show tunes were meant to be popular. So like a lot of times, people wanted to like extract what they could from these shows and make you know make an album out of it but then there'll be song, like this one thing with lena horn i was like how have i never heard of i'm sorry not lena horn cleo lane in cindy ella i or i got a shoe i've never heard of this i never knew about it i've never even seen anything about this ned sheeran uh, wrote some of it uh, it's an original cast i think it's london had no idea, and it, and I cannot tell you how many times Rob he will post an album, and I'll be so jealous that I don't have the album. So I will, I will buy it. I'll just go on. I'll go on eBay, and I will. I, I I need it, and I want it, and I need to have that. And so I I will add it to the collection and listen to it and observe it and just respect it. And I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling everything from you know Eartha Kitt and New Faces of 1952 to you know. Um, he, I, I, I was shocked when I saw Regina. It's one of my favorite operas of a uh, contemporary operas yes. by Mark Blitzstein. Yes. Mark Blitzstein to me is one of the most under, underknown, you know, writers of our era. Um, but it's because Carol Bryce was on it and, and, and she's, you know, this amazing, you know, performer. And so he just, he's, he's giving you, he's serving you attention to a lot of un, underknown stuff and overknown stuff. But, um, I'm just sorry. I'm getting distracted by Pearl Bailey and all of the other people I see. Cat on the Hut and Ruth Holler, if I can hear you. Um, and it's just it's a it's a great celebration of um, of, of black theater. And uh, and I think as we were talking, I think off air about Mickey Grant and oh, no, on air I guess because I was saying how I, I really feel like she's should be known better. And and I think this is a great one stop shop to really educate yourself on the parts that you've been missing uh and 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 the and the artists that have um yeah that are really really that are really fantastic and special so uh and it, and it's not just like there's not like 20 albums on here <laughs> again i still cannot get over that they're like it's like a hundred different posts already um and it's just a really 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 well done so please 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 go to black theater vinyl archive to really open your eyes onto um uh, a, a very important corner of the the musical theater world that is a very special and influential to the entire musical theater world uh and so yeah that's that's my favorite thing of the i day. love that i love that yeah, Jarrell L. Henderson is, first of all, he's an amazing person. He's just an amazing person. He's a brilliant director um, and does fabulous work with puppetry. Um, and he, yeah. he resides in the Chicago area. So if you're ever in Chicago and you get to see one of his shows, please do it because he's he's a very special person. Um, and was great because he did our Black Musical Theater trivia for us, like you were saying, and just really great, great individuals. So I'm so happy that you mentioned his Instagram because it is fantastic. 
it's so good. I learned so, so much. And I, you know, and I, I thought I knew a couple things and I don't, <laughs> I don't at all. I don't. And it was great. It was great. Yeah, I mean, he, he will pull out obscure things that you just go, what, I've, how have I never heard of this? Right. And then, then you'll see something you're like, oh yeah, I know that Porgy and Bess, of course. But then, oh, this recording of Porgy and Bess, I, I forgot about that recording or, you know, whatever. So it's, it's really, 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 really great. Yeah. Yep. So congrats. I think it's such a great choice. Um, mine, you have? mine is, uh, a, is a total 180, um, and, and resides, <laughs> resides in the world Good. of camp. And, uh, love camp. all right, my friends, uh, over this summer, we, we lost someone, uh, we lost someone very special to me at least because, uh, he, he makes me laugh, although he got a little nutso in his later years. And that is uh, <gasps> the great comedian, Jackie Mason. Jackie What's a Fonzanum? What's a Fonzanum? Fonzanum is someone who farts in the bathtub and bites the bubbles. <laughs> Let me tell you what's going on in Palestine, because things you don't know. Look at him. Mister, you listening? Eh? Thank you. That was my Jackie Mason impression. I hope he, he, he really, he was not without controversy, but he was specific <laughs> and he knew what his humor was. He knew exactly what his humor was. Everyone lives adjacent to Beverly Hills. Where do you live? 90 miles this way. Mister, you laughing? <laughs> you see, they get it. You're killing it. You're doing such a good job. It's so Thank good. We, we saw, like, when we were doing interviews all the time at Chetler Studios, I oh. felt like we saw him every other week. I mean, it was like we 57th and 7th. There, 57th and Broadway. There's Jackie. There's the red hair. Sitting at Applejack Diner. That uh, picture you posted Applejack of him. when <laughs> I remember, I actually got to meet him once at Route 66, which is, I think, like on 56th. Or 57th and 10th. And 10th, right? Oh, yeah. The rest of like nobody goes into. Ninth, I'm sitting yeah. there by myself eating, and he walks in with his wife, I'm assuming, and I'm like, I'm just going to go up to him. I'm going to say, I said, hi, I don't mean to bother you. I said, I just want to let you know what a big fan I am of your work. And he goes, why should that bother me? A compliment <laughs> to me, it's not a bother. He goes, what do you work for? And I said, oh, I work for Feinstein. <laughs> already, already trying to figure out like how he can get like something. He goes, he goes Michael Feinstein, he's still performing? He goes, that's a man. And I said, and I was like, well, Michael is much younger than you and you're still performing. But it was so funny to be like, that's a compliment. Why is that a bother to me? A compliment. I love that. That's the same Borscht Belt like joke he's been using since like 1930 in the Catskills, you know? (laughs) So I have only, listen, we we know about his political views, but I only heard as an artist, he was nothing but good to everybody. Except his daughter. You see, Jackie Mason has um, had an illegitimate daughter. And uh, her name is Sheba Mason. And uh, she played her mother in the mom's autobiographical musical called Both Sides of a Famous Love Affair, the Jackie Mason Musical. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! Once I again, folks, it's called "Both Sides of a Famous Love Affair," the Jackie Mason musical. You see, this woman, uh, Gail, uh, or sorry, not Gail. I apologize. Ginger, Ginger Ryder, um, has a great line, and her line is, "Don't ever fall in love with a fallen star." That fallen star that she fell in love with was a gentleman, a comedian who was on the skids by the name of Jackie Mason. Uh, and they met in probably one of the most romantic spots you could ever imagine. That's Wolfie Cohen's Rascal House Restaurant in North Miami. 
one of the most beautiful places that you can go. They fell in love. They had a baby. And in 1985, Sheba was born. And then Jackie... Yes, 1985. And then uh, Jackie Mason spent the rest of his life denying that Sheba was his child. Now, uh, Sheba worked very, very hard in trying to to get dad's attention. In fact, not only does Sheba look like him, she also became a stand-up comic. So they decided to write a musical. And this musical, once again, folks, is called Both Sides of a Famous Love Affair, the Jackie Mason musical. And it is played in such places as Chicago and Miami. And uh, the, like I said, the daughter, Sheba, usually plays the mother. And then different actors will come in and play Jackie Mason. Now, Kevin, Folks, you're going to have to forgive me for a second because this might not register for you, but it'll register for Kevin. So, Kevin, I started to watch some songs from this, and I'm like, boy, that guy Jackie Mason, the one playing him, looks really familiar. Kevin, do you know who that is? Wait, wait who? What do you mean? What, say guy, again? I'm sorry. Jackie Mason in this musical? No. no, who is it? Kevin, his name is Ian Whirl. And Kevin, he's the sound designer for all the NIFA musicals we've done. What? Look at are you, Ian. Are you the sound me? guy from New York Film Academy that does all the you're, musicals we've done? Like, you know, the real nice, quiet, sweet man. He's Jackie Mason in these musicals. You're 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 literally rocking my world right now, and I can't even pretend that I'm gonna like. What? No, it can't be the same one. It's got to be different. It is. Yes, it is. Because I looked him up and I looked at his <gasps> and it's him. It is. It is. It is. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, Rob. How's that for you? How did we, how did I never know this? How, I've worked with him on like seven different shows. I, I just did a show with him four months ago. Rob, I am I literally. Just he was a sound designer. I didn't know he was a Oh, my God. Right? Right? I am, I am, I, I, I am, I am speechless. I know this is shocking for you guys, but I am completely, how, oh my God, Rob, I, 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 oh my God, that's, so that explains why he does all the sound work that, oh my God. <laughs> he looks like him too, like a younger, like the, the oh my God. I got a lot to talk about him when we do another show again. I'd be yeah, ask, uh, ask him. I'd like to ask him about this. But folks, there's some wonderful. How has he never brought this up? I well, I think if you watch, you'll figure out. You why. really, you really, uh, you said you got a little. You were going to sneak attack me, and this was really. Um, this was truly something that I'm like shocked by. Now, folks, for those of you that don't, and <gasps> uh, uh, for those of you that don't remember, folks. Um, Jackie Mason uh, had a very interesting life, which was he was a very popular comedian, and he had an altercation with Ed Sullivan in the 1960s, which Ed Sullivan accused him of giving uh, Jackie Mason giving him the middle finger on the air during a broadcast. It was not true. It was not true. It was misconstrued. But because of that, Jackie Mason was blacklisted for a number of years and could not get any work. He appeared in The Jerk. He appeared in History of the World and was playing, excuse me, dive comedy clubs until he did a show on Broadway in 1986 called Jackie Mason, The World According to Me, which 
ended up being one of the most brilliant one-person shows ever to grace the Broadway stage. He was given a, a special Tony Award for it, and that rebounded his career. So in that period of when he's not successful is when he met Ginger and uh, when he uh, had uh, Sheba. And, uh, you know, I don't want to give any more away because it's all musicalized. But there's a wonderful song about that Ed Sullivan experience I was talking about because my story is not great in mere words. It's better in the song The Finger, which is from the great musical Both Sides of a Famous Love Affair, the Jackie Mason musical. So that uh, it's it's the website, folks, is the Jackie Mason musical.com. So uh, I just want to tell you that that's that's where you can go to check it out. Yes, that is exactly where you can go to check it out. But please don't forget, folks, that the full title is Both Sides of a Famous Love Affair, the Jackie Mason musical. Um, and I just want to read you some of the reviews that, that came out here. Um, a magnificent undiscovered gem with a talented ensemble cast and inspiring, well-written music. I saw the show the last time it had a run in New York, and I became a big fan of the music. And that's from the iconic critic Dr. Thomas Robert Stevens from his online edition of Applause, Applause. And you know what they say, if you don't get a good review from Applause, Applause, why do you even bother running? I'm, I'm, I, 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 I think this is one of the most amazing favorite things that you've ever delivered, Rob. I am just completely flabbergasted by it, to be honest. I, and, and I had no idea. It was at the Davenport for a little bit, and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure there were some uh, legal battles. Uh, oh, you think? Yeah. <laughs> during oh, this. my goodness. Um, but I encourage you folks, like I said, it's celebrating Jackie Mason. I know one time on here I did his music video. Uh, if you remember, he did a music video called Amore uh, that I think was written by Paul Jabara. Yes, yes, did, yes, did, yes. Um, all, what's, uh, what's, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Rachel oh. Lily Rosenblum. Yeah. Right? Wasn't that Paul Jabara? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's mine, folks. Take a look at that Jackie Mason. Rob. Um, wow. And, get, and mm. give yourself a look. I'm, obviously, there's lots of other things that I could have chosen that I found. Like, for example, I just found some sketches in color. Of like of char of um of Charles Nelson Riley and Nancy Walker doing oh, sketches on the Ed Walker. Sullivan show. Oh, and fantastic! It's so fun to see. And I just someone also recently posted this. It's Betty Davis and Burt Lahr doing one of their sketches from Two on the Isle. And oh, that, it's, that's, it's that's, so nice to see. I mean, there's lots of stuff that we yeah. can cover. I mean, there's so many wonderful books and television shows and musicals, but I just thought it might be fun to explore Jackie Mason and both sides of a famous love affair. Well, the Jackie Mason musical. I know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> and uh, I think we should both reach out to Ian and say, how come you oh, never mentioned this? Oh, and, I will be. Thank you very much. And uh, it, it should also be noted that uh, Jackie Mason did take a paternity test because he said that Sheba was not his daughter, and it was 99.9% accurate, to which Jackie Mason said, well, what about the 0.1%? <laughs> so, folks, it was so nice getting to catch up with you. Let us know your thoughts. We talked about, about a lot of stuff that we didn't, and like I said, we're not even going to talk about the stuff that's making the industry go crazy on one another. Um, 
certain individuals. You can go on. You can go on Twitter for that, you know, and, and we'll you see can, you there as well. You can go on Twitter for all that stuff. We and now Rob's on Twitter, so now you're going to see him as well. So uh, we'll we let us know what you think, though. Please, we please. We we ain't touching it with a ten foot pole. Um, so let's keep it positive. So we are keep we are keeping it positive. All right, my friends, if you can on Thursday, go see Kevin and Tubbo on Apane at Feinstein's 54 below. Um, if you get a chance to see something else that the Bridge Production Group does for title of show, go do that. Uh, next summer, come see me, hopefully, at the College Light Opera Company. And pretty soon, get yourself some season tickets to the J2 Spotlight Music Please. Company. I'm going to. That's that. And subscribe to my new podcast. This was a thing. I And I'm sure we'll come back with guests pretty soon. I think so, and we'll we'll do some more favorite things too. Yeah, now that the, everything's revving back up again, yes, I, I miss yeah, you, and it I, was, it's fun to do this. It was. It was so nice to see you. Hopefully, everyone enjoyed uh, getting to to reconnect. But we'd love to hear from all of you. Okay. We'll see you soon. Adios, my friends. Bye, everybody. Bye. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Hi, I'm Ray Hebel. And I'm Rob Schneider. And on September 7th, we will be launching our new podcast, This Was a Thing, a podcast that will dive deep into the cultural happenings of yesteryear. Now, you might know Ray from the most popular girls in school and True TV's Dr. Havoc's Diary. And you might know Rob from his other podcasts, Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends, and Gay Card Revoked. But we know each other from a chance meeting at Sandals Resort in 2002. In between Mai Tais and Beach Cornhole, we discovered we had an affinity for crazy, culturally insignificant things from the past. The things that people wanted to forget, we wanted to remember. That's right, Rob. Every Tuesday, we are going to serve you a delicious heaping helping of nostalgia with a side of sass and guac. But the guac will cost you extra. You see, we have searched, scoured, and sought out the greatest cultural happenings from the past few centuries, and we want to share what we learned with you. We will cover movies. Who's your, who's your favorite Batman villain? I'd say George Clooney's Batnips are probably my favorite Batman villain. Television. Was America ready to see Mike Brady dancing? Broadway. <laughs> yes, they actually did make a musical of Stephen King's Carrie. And yes, there was a song where the cast actually chanted, Kill the Pig. Oh, wow. Music. Now, why would the Beach Boys Mike Love say, Don't fuck with the formula? True crime. So apparently Lana Turner confessed to her hairdresser that she killed Johnny Stompanato and that her daughter took the rep. Can you imagine being that hairdresser? Excuse me, Miss Sweater Girl, what did you say to me? We can set that permanent wave later, Mary. The only thing I want to be a witness to are those split ends. Fashion. Suddenly, because of Davy Crockett, raccoon tail soared from 25 cents a pound to $8 a pound. I can't afford that personalities so yes apparently there is a rich little sex tape uh, what do you think is on that rich little sex tape uh, if jimmy stewart was gonna go down on you it, it might sound a little something like this toys the cabbage patch riots of 1983 is unlike anything we have ever seen 
politics. Now get this, when William Henry Harrison died, nobody knew if John Tyler was actually the president. What? Tech! Like, the person I probably connected with the most during high school was MySpace Tom, so I get it. <laughs> Trends! <laughs> yes, I am a bald man, and yes, I will explain how Rachel Green got her sun-kissed highlights, so please, stop laughing at me. You just want sun-kissed. So join us on Tuesday, September 7th, when we launch the first season of This Was a Thing, available anywhere you get your podcast. And to get a jump start on all the nostalgic things we will be covering, head over to our Twitter and Instagram at This Was a Thing Pod or our Facebook at This Was a Thing Podcast and follow us. This Was a Thing, September 7th. Check us out. Check you out. Oh. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.